Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. To my bed crimers, hi, how are you? I hope you're doing well. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out the channel. Let me just ask that after listening to and or watching the video, if you found you enjoyed it, please do me a favor, smash that like button. And if you want to support the work I do, please consider a Patreon membership. You'll find a link in the description. Now, let's dig in. Yesterday, there was a court hearing in the Delphi case out of Indiana. One of the issues that was going to be dealt with was the shocking and serious leak of graphic crime scene photos. That leak came out of the defense team's office, and it was not just crime scene photos. It also included information about the defense team's strategy. One of the pieces of information in the leak was who the defense team was planning to next accuse of being a possible Odinist, one of those followers of an ancient Nordic religion. As soon as the court hearing started yesterday, a defense attorney named David Hennessy, who represents one of suspect Richard Allen's defense attorneys, Andrew Baldwin, showed up with a memorandum that stated, Baldwin did nothing wrong. Hennessy wrote that Baldwin, quote, was snookered and abused. Mr. Baldwin trusted a friend to respect his office space. He was betrayed. Since that transgression, Mr. Baldwin has kept all Delphi-related items locked in a room or locked in a fireproof cabinet, end quote. The memo went on to say that no items related to the case would be left unattended for even a second moving forward. Thus, the defense was acknowledging the leak of the images. What it wasn't acknowledging was the leak of the other items that were mentioned, such as the defense team's strategy. It would appear that this other info being leaked was perhaps considered less egregious than the crime scene photos, at least in attorney Hennessy's mind. Hennessy argued that Baldwin is not at fault because a trusted friend of his accessed Delphi case information without his knowledge and that nothing was disclosed that wouldn't be disclosed at trial or at other court hearings. Such an argument fails to recognize that the judge set up a protective order to ensure evidence in the case was kept 100% under lock and key. Hennessy was trying to paint Andrew Baldwin as the victim, and he may be a victim because he maybe did trust this friend in his office space, and unbeknownst to him, this person went digging for information on the Delphi case. Basically, the defense team acknowledged the leak and admitted it came from their side. So this person who leaked the info has been referred to as M., by the Murder Sheet podcast hosts. They're the ones who reported the leak to the authorities because they received the crime scene photos and other information. M is a former employee of Andrew Baldwin's law firm, and he was also a dear friend of Baldwin. That friendship may have been destroyed at this point because of the leak. And note that M was not an ex-employee of the firm because he was fired. He actually left the firm amicably years ago, but continued to be friends with Baldwin. What Baldwin's attorney David Hennessy failed to mention 
in his memorandum was the defense strategy info that was also leaked. Hennessy made it sound like the leak was the result of M having access on maybe one day in Baldwin's office and his Delphi files. Knowing info about the defense team strategy, however, indicates that perhaps Baldwin had discussed things like strategy with M on more than one occasion, allegedly. Nobody knows for sure. Hennessy also mentioned in the memo that there were three people who shared the leak info, but according to the murder sheet hosts Anya Kane and Kevin Greenlee, that's not true. They feel that Hennessy was trying to minimize Baldwin's culpability by saying three people disseminated the information, but it's just not true. Per Kane and Greenlee, you could say there was one disseminator, M., the former employee and friend, because he was the original disseminator. Or you could say there were tons of disseminators because once M shared the info with another person, that person then shared it with many people, and the information then was widely circulated. And the person who shared the info with Kane and Greenlee was not this M person. Instead, it was a guy named Mark. And Mark shared it not only with Kane and Greenlee, it sounds like he also shared it with another person who has a YouTube channel. That person proceeded to describe the crime scene photos in graphic detail on his channel. I find that incredibly unethical. Remember, this info was not supposed to be made public. It had not been released to the public. Adding to the distress of this whole leak is the fact that Mark, after the leak became public, died by unaliving himself. It's unclear if this leak was one of the reasons that he did this. It could be totally unrelated, but it's another sad fact about this case. Bottom line, Baldwin's attorney was trying to say that his client should not be removed from Richard Allen's defense team. However, what ended up happening was that Andrew Baldwin and Bradley Rossi, Allen's other attorney, withdrew from Allen's case. And apparently when Baldwin was spotted in the courthouse yesterday in the afternoon, before this decision was announced, he looked really sad and really defeated. Clearly, this is a difficult situation for him, both professionally and personally. I'm sure this will affect his law practice to some degree. And he also lost his once trusted friend. That friend, M, appears to have betrayed Baldwin's trust. I say appears because it's possible Baldwin could have openly discussed the case with M, and we just don't know that, and Baldwin's not copying to that. For Richard Allen and his wife Kathy, losing Baldwin and Rosy is likely very upsetting. A lot of people probably don't care if they're upset. By all accounts, they had a good rapport with Baldwin and Rosy. I'm sure Richard and Kathy Allen felt safe in the hands of these highly experienced attorneys. Perhaps Allen even believed his defense team could get him acquitted. Now he has to start all over with new public defense attorneys who haven't yet been named. And will they be as skilled as Baldwin and Rossi? And his trial date, which was scheduled to begin on January 8th of 2024, 
is going to have to be pushed out. To me, it seems sad that Rozzy also withdrew. He had nothing to do with the leak. It didn't come out of his office, so why is he also being thrown in with Baldwin? It's rather perplexing, to be honest. Did the judge maybe ask Baldwin and Rozzy to both withdraw? Did they say it will be better for Alan if you both go bye-bye? We just don't know. All I can say is that this poor case seems to be constantly hiccuping along. For Libby German and Abby Williams' families, this represents another delay in their quest for justice. The next hearing is going to take place on October 31st. Alan will be getting new attorneys. Baldwin and Razi are under a gag order, so they can't go on court TV and share their side of the story, at least not for a very long time. So there you go. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories.